welcome to What the Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds in under 30 desecration tokens. Today, I'm your host, Phil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Davey. How you doing, Davey? I'm good. Almost as always. Let's, I, we, we can say always, I guess. Well. We'll put an asterisk. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but we won't have to talk about the dark times. <laughs> uh, doing great. Uh, happy to be here. Excited to talk about some cool underworld stuff. Yeah. Got the got the new warband to talk about. Yep. Some, some Kagra's Ravagers. Or as Phil calls them, that one that came before the Lizardmen, Seraphine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> BS, I guess, instead of BC, like BSE. <laughs> before Seraphine era. Yeah. <laughs> one war band before Seraphine. One, one WB BSE. Yeah. Yep. All right. Sounds cool. good. <laughs> yeah. That's going to catch on like wildfire. Obviously. So if you couldn't have told from that, our, our topic today is going to be talking about the new war band, the Ravagers, and uh, some of the cards that came out in that set. Um, just to give you a little bit of context about when we're recording, um, basically, uh, the Ravagers are just going on pre-order. Um, they'll be going on pre-order just shortly after we're recording here, um, and so you can expect to see them out in about a week's time. Okay, so we got some community shout-outs. Uh, looks like, Davey, you got you got a community shout-out here? Yeah, I've actually got a couple here. Uh, one, I've had some time to uh, catch up on some podcasts. I've been, I think I mentioned it before, but I worked my way back through some of uh, uh, some of Path to Glory's uh, ones. They have the, their warband overviews, and so I was yeah. picking my favorite warbands and listening to Tom Bond talk about Godsworn Hunt and Jimmy Molini talk about Ravager, or uh, about... Uh, reavers so that's that's fun um listen to battle for salvation's latest which is about the dread pageant uh if the only thing you do is go and listen to like the first three minutes of that it'll be worth your time uh, <laughs> max, All right. max uh really kind of outdoes himself there um he also outdoes himself later it's it's definitely like a, a teenage boy tee sort of vibe going through a lot of that <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh it was fun. Uh, got some uh, battle mallet representation on there too, which was which was cool to to hear. Uh, so nice. Uh, yeah, Jason. Jason was uh, chat with them, and he's he's got some good takes there. So uh, and I do like that warband a lot. So it was fun to listen to. Um, and just to keep plowing through some uh, Path to Glory is uh, also running a uh, team tournament and alliance format thing and i i'm a backup player for a team but i uh, got pulled up called up off the bench right away and got to play in that right off the bat uh against steel city and it was awesome uh, i got to play against ali bond who i've never met i've pseudo met him now online and <laughs> he was uh, a great player really gentlemanly and we had a we had a really fun time it was awesome so sweet uh, appreciate all those guys they're they're cool dudes so um yeah those are my shout outs you got anything or have i uh, kind of sucked up all I the mean, that's i think that's most everything that's been going on but uh <laughs> i guess speaking of path to glory i have been trying to catch up on a few of their episodes as well um so those have been fun um haven't been listening to a lot of them just because been busy with work but uh yeah everything's been good community is pretty great i uh, always love seeing all the stuff that's going on on vassal and all the different uh podcasts and blogs 
Yeah. Yeah. Just there's, uh, resources are great out there. You know, I was, I was trying to remember like what the names of some of the new boards were. It's like, gosh, where am I even going to find that? I was like, Oh, <laughs> underworld's DB or, uh, Deckers or whatever, you know, both, both yeah. of them have, have the, uh, laid out the, the boards with all their names. Like, ah, oh, it's so helpful. That yeah, is so super great. helpful. So <laughs> I can never, ever remember those for yeah. the name. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, I should probably label the boards so I can just like start to associate the name with the board while I'm playing. But I know <laughs> I was, uh, do get a printout of them and their names and tape it to the ceiling of, uh, <laughs> as I go to sleep at night, I can, all right. Shard, shard cursed, shade cursed. Ah, get Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So good stuff in the community. Uh, what the heck is going on with you, Phil? Well, um, not a whole lot, unfortunately, um, in a bit of a holding pattern in terms of hobby stuff until I can get my hands on those Starblood stalkers. Um, and, and otherwise, I mean, I've done some ding, you know, tinkering around with decks and stuff, but, uh, for the most part, just been kind of busy, um, doing work, um, COVID related stuff. So, it's mm-hmm. been uh, very unpredictable like, whether I'm going to be on very normal hours or very extra busy hours. So um, everything's changing from day to day. It's very fun. Uh, how about you? What the heck is? I mean, I guess you kind of just told us what the heck has been going on with you. But anything, anything hobby specific you want to sh- call out? Uh, I, I did get to try out uh, Arena Mortis with a, a webcam game with my brother and his uh, friend out on the island and uh that was pretty fun it was uh i think we we was super uh i think i called it uh shade spire palooza because we had uh we had uh rip tooth we had eagle eye and we had the warden the sepulchral warden all duking it out so all season one fighters all right <laughs> and then on top of that my my brother made a pretty gruesome deck uh i think uh, concealed weapon army of one acrobatic survival instincts like all came out as like oh my Ooh. god <laughs> yeah uh, okay so riptooth can't be driven off the objective and he's rolling four defense dice and like everything counts and he crits up to five damage like oh what the hell is going on hmm. but it was uh it was really <laughs> kind of shocking to see some of those season one cards again you kind of they were they used to be like just you know second nature and here i was like oh my gosh i forgot like how lethal the game was uh yeah. in season one at times so. yeah some uh some very powerful stuff back in yeah. those days uh, uh yeah but it was it was, re- it was really fun it was it was cool to uh, check out a different way to play it was a nice uh nice change of pace uh we got a few things wrong which was our first time through so that uh that is fine it was a good way to learn um and uh i'd recommend it for a change of pace it's really cool so nice uh what do you say should we uh move it along get yeah. into the meat of, yeah. into things let's just jump right in here so uh quick quick overview we're we're planning to just sort of talk through the fighters and the war bands just play styles in general hit on the new mechanic um because this warband introduces the desecration mechanic um which is new and unique to this warband um, and then just uh, hit on some some standout uh, faction uh, cards that we think uh, 
probably are going to be the sort of defining features of this warband. Um, and if, you know, we, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll see. Uh, Universals are potentially going to be a separate review. Yeah, we'll see if we get the time to get there. Yep. Yep. All right. So, so we got these uh, these new fighters. You wanna you wanna kick things off with the El Capitan herself? Sure, Kagra the Usurper. Uh, she is uh, sporting a pretty boss attack here. Uh, two smash, three damage, knockback one. So uh, that's pretty fun. Uh, only speed three. She's defending on a block, and she's got four health, uh, and she's specifically feeds into this desecration thing by either killing somebody on an objective this is a sacrifice ability or uh or being on an objective when she kills somebody and uh they inspire by by triggering this uh this sort of thing on three they gotta have three desecration counters out yeah yeah and i think I guess it's not a hundred percent clear, but I think that the way it's worded, since it's just three or more desecration tokens, if they were to face, you know, if it was the mirror match, sure, um, it counts all desecration tokens, not just friendly ones. I agree. There's so, going to be some slaves to darkness inspired in that matchup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think their their base stats are. Pr- all the same they're all move three one block four no that's not quite correct uh not quite so the exception phil well as as i'm checking here zarshia bittersoul the uh the wizard in this warband is the exception instead of four wounds she has three wounds so just a little bit squishier um and like i said she is a wizard she's a level two wizard um, which is nice not seeing any of those level one wizards like we got back in uh, beast grave yeah i think this is first time we've got a starting out at level two wizard that is not a leader right yeah uh, i think that is true i think in fact have we had any other wizards that oh that's no so storm sires i guess would be the only one that has wizards that aren't the leader right no, Carthane, right? He's oh the yeah, horn Carthane, horn Teutonist. We're starting to get so many warbands. Hard to <laughs> it's hard keep to... them all straight. Sure, but yeah. So so a level two starting out, um, just pretty nice. Um, otherwise, she's got two different attacks. They're both reach. The first one is her staff, which is reach two, which is two smash, but only for one damage. And then the uh, her spell attack just range three on uh oh man i can never remember what it's called channel channel is the lightning bolts or channel okay uh so just on channel for one damage which i think is the only printed channel spell attack except i guess for inspired what's her name uh inspired nurgle lady (laughs) yep yep (laughs) nailed it perfect uh yeah so i mean well, she doesn't hit very hard. She's pretty accurate, um, which I guess is okay. Uh, it'd be nice if there was more ways to boost range damage right now, but unfortunately there's not. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, so she's really accurate, but you're not going to hit very hard until she inspires. Um, and she does have a, a interesting... <laughs> 
ability on that spite tongue curse where if the attack fails she does suffer backlash so she takes a damage every time she fails that attack which kind of scary um although it does allow you to score the score immediately for two for having a fighter suffer backlash and not die if you have that objective the addicted to power yeah yeah so i mean you know you can play around it a little bit yeah sure um and then notably she can she can desecrate from range which is kind of cool so yeah she can she can blow an objective up from kind of far away yeah and i guess it it's probably worth noting all of the fighters do have the sacrifice special ability that's described on Kagra's uh, card. Sure. And it just references Kagra's card. So mm-hmm. they, they all do it. Um, just pretty nice. Yeah. So besides the leader and her sister, we got, we got these two, I guess, if you can call them dangle bros. Did we mention that she inspires to get the only thing she gets out of inspiration is one extra damage on her spell attack? No, we did not mention that, but she, she does. She gets one extra damage. She does actually get ensnare on her staff attack as oh, yeah. well. Okay. Um, <laughs> cool. So, you know, ensnare know. with yeah. one damage. That's yeah. definitely going to be your go-to attack. I'm going to lose a game because of that. No, Probably. About it, so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a, a range three, two damage on channels. That's a pretty boss attack. It's just attached to a relatively fragile uh, yeah, relatively uh, fragile and relatively slow fighter. Yeah. Um, I guess that's actually another difference. Um, so Kagra and I think both, yeah, both of the Dangle Bros inspire up to speed four. Mm-hmm. Zarshia stays at speed three. Yeah. So, you know, Speaking can't of, have everything. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of those Danglers, you got uh, Dower Kragen. Uh, both these guys, they if they are on an objective at the end of the action phase, they'll desecrate that objective. So they can do it just by standing on something at the end of the action phase. Um, Dark Reagan is uh, really uh, two rushing it up. He's got his shield on his back and doesn't remember that it's there. So yeah. uh, at least he's still on blocks cause he's in big armor, but uh, he does not inspire to two block. Uh, he's on three fury, two damage and inspiration gets him that speed and, uh, bumps him to cleave which in this day and age of people on guard uh often on objectives it's not nothing yeah i mean and like well he doesn't gain a whole lot of accuracy with cleave the fact that he starts on three swords means he's slightly more accurate than he would be on two smash which is sort of your average attack mm-hmm. so i i feel like he's all right um he's your more accurate fighter um I don't, I don't see anything wrong with him. Like, I mean, calling him a dangle bro is maybe almost not quite a fair assessment. Cause I mean, he's better than the majority of other fighters and the aspirational, uh, stat line for, yeah. Like, uh, uh, Tarsus, not Tarsus. Oh man. We're just <laughs> going to miss all these, uh, all these names at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Inspirational for Turash. I'll yep. that. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I think the only other thing that I've been would mention about the despoil is that it so so you have to be holding an objective in 
the end of an action phase to be able to place this. So if if there's already someone else's desecration token, it doesn't work. Mm. But the desecrate ability doesn't really distinguish friendly and enemy tokens either. So if you're in the mirror match again, things get a little weird. And I I think we're going to need an errata to decide like if these guys are standing on an objective that already is desecrated, do they clear that and then desecrate it again? And then can they clear their own desecration tokens? Because in the mirror match, it doesn't say friendly for clearing them at the beginning of a or at the end of the power step. So, oh, wow. Uh, need a, some weird i think rules lawyering that's going to happen until we get an faq there <laughs> maybe a, a good time to uh mention how you undesecrate these things and what desecration means yeah yeah i guess i guess we probably should have talked about that before we really dove into all the fighter cards since it's such a major part of them so yeah. desecration um is you know no matter how you manage to do it when you desecrate the objectives you place the desecration token on it and at that point it cannot be held um and then if it's moved the token moves around with it as well mm-hmm. um i don't recall uh if it mentioned anything about what happens if the token gets flipped uh it goes away goes away okay yeah. which is what i thought but i couldn't remember um so that's how you desecrate but then if a enemy fighter stands on an objective with a desecration token on it, uh, after the power step, they then cleanse the desecration token and it is removed from the uh, objective. Yeah, it's an interesting timing. I don't think we've ever seen an after the power step. Yeah. Or if we have, it's it's quite rare. So functionally, what does this actually do, Phil? So functionally, I think, I mean... This this helps to deny hold objective play, but pretty much only for scoring immediately. Um, because anybody who wants to score in the end phase can still do so as long as they can keep their fighters on the desecrated objectives until the end phase. Mm-hmm. So um, the overall counterplay there is om- like, I don't know. I was originally imagining when they first put up the article that it would be a little harder to remove these. I thought it would like take an action or something. Um, but I figured there must have been a way to remove them because just removing them from the game forever mm-hmm. felt like it would be too strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was hard to hard to picture exactly how how it was going to land. This is about about as conservative as as you could imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I still think it's valuable. I mean, making your opponent have to work that little bit more to score those hold objective things while you're also being able to gain some benefit from desecration still seems good, but um, maybe not as powerful as people were originally thinking. Yeah. Uh, Interesting is that it, uh, it, the part of hold objective that it pumps the brakes on is the surge one, which, you know, I would say 10 months ago we would have been begging for, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, temp, temp victory heyday and all that sort of thing. So for sure. And, and I mean, I think, I think we're still seeing that, 
um, just with some different cards now. So, you know, you, you get, oh, what's the one where you just hold two? Um, I can't You mean remember. hold, you're talking uh, Path to Victory? Yeah. Hold, hold two and kill somebody? Oh, uh, no, the uh, score immediately for holding two objectives. Oh, oh, uh, Hidden Purpose. Yeah, that one. Um, you still see that and you still see, you know, a few other things like uh, um, Swift Capture. So you still see those quite a bit, and I think this will mess that up. So, I mean, that's good. And then, you know, I think, you know, this also means that if you if you can really plan your board state well, you can probably sort of <laughs> dictate how things are going to have to go for your opponent if they want to mm -hmm. do anything with objectives. Um while also being able to like use them as your springboard because um, you're still probably going to want these to be placed aggressively so that you can desecrate them without having to just lose actions. Sure, yeah. After that little detour, <laughs> sure. Let's let's wrap things up with uh, a, a quick yeah, Razik. Yeah, quick discussion about the God blessed. Yeah, he uh, he gets quite a bit. So he gets an extra block, he gets an extra move, and his attack goes from two smash, two damage, to three smash, two damage. So quite accurate. Yeah. Uh, so he's pretty tasty. Um, yeah, I mean, these these feel like real real solid uh, members. Like, they're, if you... Uh, obviously, Kagura's got the potential to do a whole lot of work for you, but it feels like if she goes down, these guys can... It's not like you're flailing around you know with with uh hack and basha or something like that like mm -hmm. you've, you've got some work that you can do with these guys yeah yeah i mean it it, it very much feels like magor's fiends where mm -hmm. like they are all pretty good on the like none of them are are they're not all super powered like Kagra, but they're still going to do work if you let them. A mm -hmm. um, totally. few upgrades, and all of a sudden, these guys are going to be super scary. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's see. We want to talk a little uh, play style here, or uh, talk cards first. What would you? Uh, yeah. Let's 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 talk cards, and then okay. we can sort of, after having talked about all the cards, we could kind of circle back on sure. how yeah. they probably are going to use those cards. I think our usual is to not go through every single card. We kind of go through cards that we think are interesting. And yeah, as, as usual, they're interesting either because they're powerful, because they uh, seem like they have some flaw, but it's an interesting flaw or that they just, they, whatever there's, there's a, there's a dealer's choice there too, where we can just uh, our prerogative to say it's <laughs> interesting. Take our word for it. So, yeah. Uh, Let's uh, start usually uh, with objectives. You got uh, you got something that you like on objectives? Yeah, got a got a few here. Um, I guess the first one that I wanted to just think about was Desolate Domain. I don't think it's their strongest one, but I think that it uh, sort of sets the stage for being able to take a couple different approaches of how you want to play um so th so this is a surge um you score it immediately after an activation 
if each objective token in one or more players' territories has a desecration token. Mm. So I like I like this because it sort of no matter when you draw it, you probably have an easy way into it. Because if mm-hmm. you draw it at the early part of the game, you just probably hold back, desecrate your own stuff, get some glory going, and then you're off to the races. If you draw it late and you're already in enemy territory, then hopefully you set the board up in such a way that you can desecrate their objectives fairly easily. Yeah, I think hand in hand with that is brutal desecration. Yeah, definitely. Which is uh, also a surge, also one glory. It's probably what you take before you take desolate domain, uh, because it just is surge for one as once you desecrate yep. an objective. Um, and so these are both interesting because they can. They're one of those relatively rare objectives, and I almost always find these to be particularly valuable. Is that it actually has the potential to be scored. Uh, we'll see later with some of their gambits has the potential to be scored in the power step, mm-hmm. uh, which which really has the potential to swing things. So, uh, and like you said, can be scored at different times during the game. Like they're they're going to be available at different stages, and uh, you you flip it, you score that, uh, and you can surprise somebody by getting that glory, getting an upgrade down, and then uh, heading in. So yeah. And I think they feel pretty play style independent. So like mm-hmm. if you wanted to be super aggressive, you could still run both of these. If you wanted to play defensive, you could run both of these. So sure. I expect to see both of these in almost every single deck that people build because they're two very easy surges. Um, one obviously much easier than the other, but yeah, I mean, generally I- speaking, you're probably, des- you know, desolate domain is probably going to require you to put down one or two tokens yeah. and then you get it. Yeah, I think uh, Brutal Desecration for sure, and I think Desolate Domain will come in and out of people's decks depending on uh, exactly how heavy they're leaning towards that Desecration mechanic. Um, Worth mentioning, Absolute Desecration, uh, (laughs) third end phase, Uh, you have to have four Desecrated. I think this is really hard, but that's a a big score. Like, that's that's pretty rare. So I don't, again, I don't know... (laughs) I don't know if that's doable. Um, I've just, but if I was playing against them, I'd be, I'd be a little worried. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, if if they, if they were at three, I'd be like, oh man, I better, I better undesecrate some of these right quick. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like such a risky play though, because I mean, third end phase Mm -hmm. could brick your hand. Also, like, you just might not have enough fighters to just have the actions to go do it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think there's the potential, and for mm-hmm. four glory, that payoff might be good enough. So yeah. we'll see. People might get creative there. Yeah, uh, and I guess malevolent exploits along the same lines. So this is a surge score immediately when you play your third or subsequent power card in a single power step. Again, uh, like playstyle independent. Uh, if you've if you've got the cards, this is more so if you have a little breathing room to draw to make you know give you a better chance of getting to this. But um, that that is something that you can kind of score. It helps you move you to a little more of a, a mid range area where you can kind of power up before going in. Yeah, and I think that this card feels like a direct response to unexpected cunning from Hrothgorn. <laughs> <laughs> where they realize that three power cards in a phase is too easy. So 
Yeah. Uh, they're like, hey, still three power cards, but it's all in one power step. So, yeah, I think every time you play it, I, I refer to it as like oh, surge yeah. for one. Did you play Warhammer Underworlds? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, uh, I think in all our games and you've, you've played a, a number of them, uh, I think only once did you ever have that brick on you. And I think it was some. It might have been a worm spat matchup where I stood way back and you had four upgrades that you thought would, I don't know. I <laughs> yeah, one of those situations probably should have. That, that card had ever bricked. She probably should have just dumped the hand kind of thing. <laughs> it's more of a comment on my choices than anything else. Uh, do you have any more objectives? And if not, what about a, what a, what about a gambit? So I think the only other... Um, the only other one of these objectives that I sort of look at and say maybe would be on the dark road. Um, it is a hybrid. I think it's their only hybrid. So if you're trying to go that route, that, that might help you a little bit um, for stacking hybrids. But it's it's a reprint. It's one we've seen before where it's either you have one fighter with three or more upgrades or each of your fighters with one or more upgrades. And it's for one. Mm-hmm. Still end phase, but fairly reliable. Um, I think there's one that's like this for hunters that I think sometimes the, gets some use. Hunts, I think, yeah. yeah. So it, I could see this one getting played. Um, just kind of depends on how you're trying to set things up. Sure. Yeah, but it's a it's pretty reliable turn two onwards and and doesn't necessarily push your deck push your objective deck into one direction or that keeps you keeps you neutral yep allows you to expand different ways Definitely. Um, what about a gambit you like so the one that jumped out at me first was their ravaging advance um this card so it, it allows you to push each friendly fighter that's not in enemy territory one hex towards enemy territory Mm-hmm. So it is a little bit restrictive. It's not just a push all your fighters because that, of course, is really good. But it, it's still probably more often than not just push all your fighters one hex. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even if this ends up being a sidestep, like mm-hmm. sidestep still really good. So sure. <laughs> I mean, it's almost four sidesteps. If you're I mean, it's great. It's a great aggro push, right? Yeah. Yep. Every every one of your fighters bumps forward one. It's better than giving them, generally speaking, it's better than giving them plus one speed for the round because they may step next to somebody and then be able to take a couple hacks before charging. Yeah, um, so especially since they're slow, I think that's that's probably super yeah. valuable for them. Yeah, I guess you? late in the game, once you're in enemy territory, it slows down, but it keeps your, keeps your stragglers, keeps your second wave coming because a lot of times you know uh, yeah. deployment you're going to end up with somebody towards the back that can't uh can't get involved without some help that's very true how about you any uh anything that's really jumping out at you uh yeah the uh <laughs> <laughs> uh i wrote dem spells yeah i really like both the gambit spells here there's uh We'll, we'll start with the slightly, marginally less uh, exciting one. Uh, Whispers of Chaos. It's uh, one that goes on a focus. If cast, uh, choose an enemy fighter within three hexes of the caster. Push that fighter up to one hex. Then pick uh, deal one damage 
or give that fighter one move token. So uh, it, would, it would be a little a little too uh, pricey if it was just a push, although the push is pretty nice. Uh, pushes are always great. This is like kind of a, a 75% to go off distraction. But uh, but both those effects, the one damage, like if you can you can pop them to pop them to a lethal and a damage is like a two damage spell on a gambit, uh, or giving somebody a move token is just crushing. Like yeah, it's a, it's a possible to fail, but a range three um, transfixing gaze, right? Yeah, like, yeah, and I mean I feel like we're seeing more ways to start to put move tokens on people and i think that the, like if you were to start stacking some of that stuff into a deck now mm-hmm. you could probably have some really nasty control builds where it's like yeah i'm just gonna pick one or two of your fighters every turn to just say no you're not doing anything and like if you don't have range mm-hmm. then you literally just are stuck um so that could be <laughs> I could that could literally win you a game like in a yeah. round three yeah yeah crushing it, it's it's biggest drawback is is not the fact that you have to cast it on one focus or it kind of is the biggest drawback is that you it's basically restricted that that you have to keep your your most fragile fighter alive in order to use it and also yeah. has to close within three so there's plenty of risk there uh this other one mask of darkness uh, also hits on a focus but this is choose a friendly fighter within three and then place them in uh, an objective in enemy territory and then they get a move token so you can teleport a dude in which is pretty great uh, yeah you come flying in uh it's gonna prompt people to try to cover up their objectives I, it's like gambit speed uh, Fainway Crystal, which, whew, yeah, whew. yeah. Well, and and then it's like even beyond that, it's not. It's a non-telegraphed Fainway Crystal. Sure, right. So right, no, right. Exactly. <laughs> they don't know. You don't know when it's coming. It's like, oh man. Yeah, another one that could probably win you a game. So, mm-hmm. um, and it really would help with that's their again stuff that's helping deal with their low speed. So, mm, sure, really enjoy seeing that. Um, I guess for anything else, uh, so there's only one other one that I, well, okay. So that's not entirely true, but (laughs) I guess other one that I would maybe want to just quickly talk about is just eye of the gods. It seems like it could be a very flexible ability. It's effectively Mm -hmm. an upgrade. That's a ploy. Uh, and you get to, if, uh, so you, you can play this only if one or more enemy leaders are out of action. So basically you've, you've had to have killed your enemy's leader already, but then you get to choose plus one dice, plus one damage, cleave or ensnare, and then your leaders range one and range two attack actions gain that effect and it persists till they're out of action. Yeah. I think the flexibility there feels really strong, um, but I do think that the limitations maybe make it not quite good enough that it's going to find its way into decks. But I can see like situations where you're going up against relatively low wound but high defense warband, and you're like, yep, I just need extra dice. I just need to roll all the dice. Or 
going up against Molog, you're like, I just need some more damage. You know, like, I don't know. I like the flexibility. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know that it necessarily had to have like all the restrictions. Like maybe you could say just this applies on your leader's attacks after having killed an enemy leader. So then if you mm-hmm. equipped like a range three attack, all of a sudden it would have these bonuses. But either way, I still think it's interesting. Sure. Uh, I like Flames of Spite. It is uh, plus one damage. It's a reaction that you play once you've gotten to the determined success uh, part of the attack. Uh, and you get plus one damage if you had rolled a crit. So obviously you're, you're crit fishing. Uh, but that is pretty pretty nice. A, a, a gambit speed damage boost at reaction at a reaction window. Um, Twist the Knife was incredibly powerful. And this one is gated behind a crit. Uh, and this one has no range requirements, so even Zarsia can uh, blast yeah. somebody for extra damage. And it, it's not, it increases the damage of that attack, which means that it's the attack taking somebody out, which means that your uh, sacrifice ability has a ch- chance to trigger uh, rather than being a, a gambit that takes somebody out of action. Yeah. So, and it would be, you know, probably the only gambit since Twist the Knife that would allow you to still score things uh, like you know, get a kill, you know, in enemy territory or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, sure. that you would need the extra damage from this ploy to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. pretty much everything thing. else yeah. is just like, Hey, the damage actually is from the ploy. So then you don't score the objectives. So right. 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 Definitely helps you into an aggro build there. Uh, yeah. So, uh, pretty cool i i guess and we're we're kind of hitting a lot of them here but uh <laughs> i thought spurred on was pretty cool this is a this is a uh reaction after your friendly leader's move action choose another friendly fighter that fighter makes one move action that other fighter could have no move tokens it could have a move token it could have a charge token it's so true this is kind of repositioning thing which i think is uh, can be deceptively powerful so bring bring a backline person up bring somebody who's charged into a dangerous spot uh to a safe spot uh, if somebody has charged and killed uh, somebody on an objective, then you can use this to just have them step one more um, and get on. So I think there's a lot of interesting things. Or uh, bring it in to give you support. So if you're if you're getting ready to make it, yeah, important. yeah, very flexible. Um, and I guess just just to make sure that the point is known, like there's no range on this. It's just after your leader's move, you can yeah. have another fighter make a move. Yeah not within three or anything like that you just get to do it which is pretty great um a lot of times i feel like other movement ploys have some Mm -hmm. sort of restriction to say Mm -hmm. like hey you know they need to be close to each other or it's like moved move the the move has to end up next to the person that you you know previously moved or something like that so sure yeah it's pretty wide open so um what about upgrades anything yeah. Anything catch your catch your eye there? So I mean, I think it's we can just quickly touch on like there's three super basic but pretty good ones, and I think we don't need to spend much time on them, but they're cool that they're there. So there's ruinous might, which is just great strength. Mm-hmm. Infection great strength is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um bolstered hate, which is infection great uh Great fortitude. Great fortitude. That was one. I was like, I want to say great stamina. That's not right. <laughs> great fortitude, um, which again, 
having a reprint of that is really strong. Plus one wounds just to anybody is really good. And then grudging defense, which I don't, I, I don't know that we really have any other upgrades like this, but at least in faction cards, but it's just this fighter is on guard mm. just all the time. Yeah. Um, it's obviously good, especially on your fighters that go up to two defense. So sure. 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 How about you? Anything jumping out at you? Uh, my, uh, my stealth powerful card is uh, desecrator gauntlets. This is oh, uh, a yeah. reaction after this fighter's move action, push one adjacent enemy fighter, one hex. Uh, I feel like you can do some pretty cool stuff with that. So uh, you can run up, get ready to attack somebody else and throw another person off an objective. Uh, you can drag somebody into a lethal before you attack them. You can throw somebody away that was going to be helping support. Uh, you can drag somebody you know, towards you so that you can knock them back towards your other fighters. I, I think there's a lot of really fun stuff to do. I don't know if it's the most powerful card in the world, uh, but I just, I love all the, the different tricks you had a chance to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, there's a lot you can do there. And I, I think yep. it's hard to quantify, like, how good is that going to be? Because I think it'll really depend on the, the player. Sure. Um, I guess, would you be, since it's a reaction, you could do it during a charge, right? Sure could. Yeah, yeah. so you could slide them over to uh, to a trapped position. Uh, all that sort of thing. So yeah, uh, it's limited somewhat by their their uh, smaller move. Um, but if you get this on the guy that you then spur on, one guy could do it twice in one turn. Yeah. <laughs> or three times if, uh, well, no. Let's see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not going to yeah, be too crazy. Three, three times if you, uh, if you get uh, uh, Visions of Glory on him. Charge, clear it, charge. Then your leader moves and moves him. Just, just tossing people around. Woo. <laughs> oh man yeah that could really I, mess people up you get non-area glory just for doing that many triggers on desecrator gauntlets so <laughs> yeah all right so i think maybe in that same vein of like maybe stealthy good cards um so we got the blazing rune shield i think right now given the way the meta is it's probably not very good but i think people need to remember this card is here because it's it's restricted to Kagra, Razak, or Kraken, so you can't put it on the wizard, but it just says spells cannot deal damage to this fighter. Mm. Flat. No spell gambits, no spell attacks. You just can't be hurt with spells. So just a just a tool to have in the in the toolbox down the line here. Yeah, uh, I mean I just imagine how backbreaking that is against Stormsire. <laughs> you mostly just want to hose storm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'll but, take a dead card against everyone else to hose storm storm sorry yeah. <laughs> yeah so i mean i don't know what we're gonna see in terms of upcoming magic and wizards and stuff but like i don't know it just feels like one of those cards that it could end up being ridiculous because you could mm -hmm. basically make a fighter in certain matchups just almost untouchable. Mm, sure. Because if you've built everything around magic, then it's like, well, you just can't do it now. Yeah. Um, for me, I like Hellfire Sword. It's restricted to Kagra and Razek. Uh, so restricted, but not so restricted that you're likely to have, you know, you probably might have lost one of them probably not both of them 
And, oh boy, uh, range three, hit on two smash for two damage. That's pretty spicy. Yeah. Uh, that'll, that'll, uh, that'll do some work, especially if you're in the middle of, you know, uh, a Grimwatch board and just blowing people off of objectives as they run onto them. That's, that's pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to undersell like how good two smash for two damages when you have reach with it because yeah. i mean two smash two damage on reach two is usually considered to be pretty good put it on reach three uh i don't know i think it'll be hard like thinking about that on the board of like how dangerous that fighter all of a sudden becomes mm-hmm. um it's just something we don't usually have to deal with except for like thinking about storm sire who sure. effectively is like that with his um, sure. spell attack yep. so yeah yeah think that one is definitely up there okay any more upgrades you want to mention or uh, should we talk a little overall strategy with these guys i think the only other one i don't know i think maybe you would want to talk about this one but unearthly charisma oh yeah this is a plus one dice to other fighters range one attack actions if they're within two of this fighter uh i think on further look i guess it only it doesn't do so it you know you're gonna you have to put it on um Kagra and then it's only gonna help out uh your two supporting fellows, uh Kragen and Razek, because uh Zarsha does not have a range one attack. But uh an extra dice that you will trigger, you know, at up a couple times, maybe more depending on positioning, is that's pretty that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um and it's I it mostly I think I tag that just because it's not the kind of objective that we've seen very often where you put something on one fighter that helps other fighters rather than the, the fighter themselves. So. Yeah. And I, I guess it could still help Zarshia if you wanted to put a, a weapon upgrade on her. So sure. Yeah. I don't know. Plus one dice yeah. aura could still be good. I think it's probably the first time we've seen something like that. So it's pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, even if it doesn't make it into decks, I, I like that it exists. And I like that it's there to think about. So, um, what do you think based on, based on all these uh, in faction objectives that we've seen, and then obviously we've played zero games with these, so <laughs> yeah, uh, it'd be fun to see what these predictions where they where they take us. But um, what do you what do you feel like uh, what do you feel like their main main strategy is, and uh, um, how they go about that? Yeah, so I think I think it's fairly safe to say that they're probably leaning towards aggro. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely the low-hanging fruit. Um, I guess technically you could say that it's sort of like a an aggro flex where they're going to be doing aggro and desecration together and trying to use those two things in a synergy to try and like... I mean, it was like, sort of like I was thinking earlier the strategy that jumped out to me is that you set up the board so that you can use objectives sort of as your leapfrog points mm-hmm. where as you move up to your opponent, if they're not coming to you, you slowly desecrate the field. And then mm-hmm. once you get there, you're just chopping people up and you've hopefully scored some glory along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, with respect to that, I think there is, I think the players that, can really leverage some of that. I, you know, I think there's, we talked about some mid range potential with some of the ability to score, uh, passively, but you know, not 
not blow the game out passively, but just get your, get your engine started passively and then uh, engage once you're powered up. That's, that's pretty valuable. That's one of the stronger play styles in, in my mind. Um, but uh, with the whole desecration thing, if you can, if you can, if you're real good at uh, objective token placement in a way that I am not, uh, <laughs> then I think you can, I think you have a shot. I think that inspire condition is pretty tough, but I think with, uh, with clever placement of tokens, you can make things difficult for your opponent and set yourself up for threatening, at least threatening the inspire and giving them some hard choices of, you know, do how, you know, do I, do I try to stop this inspire? Uh, what if they have, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, gambits in their hand that flips a token like they I think that's, um, I think the the real good if we see some uh, Ravagers players, the real good ones are going to be real good at placing their objective tokens. I would definitely agree. Any other play styles that you think they'll be good at, or any other things that you think they should at least try? Uh, there's some. So it's weird. They they could score some of these. They could score things like hidden purpose. Uh, but they are challenged. They're, they're not going to score. Like they're kind of sealed out from things like path to victory and dominant position because two of their fighters are going to uh, basically make a trash heap of whatever objective they're standing on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a trash heap that is not too difficult to clean up, but a trash heap nonetheless. And so you're the most you're ever going to hold with this warband is two, maybe three if you have... Uh, uh, triumphant glorious triumph yeah. you know that that's the most they're ever going to hold and even that's pretty unlikely so they're they kind of have that whole side of of play sealed off to them um so i think i don't think they have a lot of different options that's going to surprise somebody i think it depends on how heavy the the question is always going to be how heavily have you leaned into desecration and how and not and uh are you are you reaching for that uh, absolute desecration for a, a big end swing? Yeah. So what do, uh, what do you think? May you? I mean, you tell me if I'm crazy. But so what if you were to use the three big guys as bodyguards for Zarshia while you built up to do a uh, Lost Pages build? <laughs> uh, I would say. Uh, hope you've got a wheelbarrow to carry around your cojones because <laughs> you are uh sweating some uh uh on the on the three health fighter now that that said you know it's not like it's not like as if you're uh trying to do it in god's Warren hunt or something like that you know right. um you you are three health but you are a block and they have access to some infection uh buffs and and she's got a ranged attack so she can protect herself I, I you could you could shock somebody with it and with the right wall of beef in front of her you know you you could be able to protect her pretty well i don't know it's quite possible <laughs> yeah i like have the other three push forward and she just hangs takes back a nap at the back until she finds her book and and then realizes yeah. that she's the star of the show <laughs> sure i think she thinks she's the star of the show probably already, it's but. probably why she has a card that can make her the leader yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's going to be anything great, but I, I think it's at least there. I think there's the possibility that you could use, you could do some stuff with Zarshia that would probably catch people off guard. So sure. I think there's yeah. some, 
some potential for magic play. I think I think we don't have enough universals right now to really try that though. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sort of the only other thing I could think of for how to, how I would play these guys other than just going ham with the aggro and trying to smash people in. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I hope we, we didn't talk much about this, but uh, there's been some kind of, it feels like the first reaction has been a little negative from folks. They, they think they're maybe yeah. underpowered or maybe going to struggle. Uh, and that is exactly the, the sort of thing that starts to pique my interest. So, <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing, seeing similar commentary about the far striders when they first came out and, uh, it, it was a war band that, that from the figures I wasn't particularly interested in, but once, once people were doubting, I was like, well, maybe this is my war band. Maybe I can, so I'd like to, <laughs> like to take a crack at these. I mean, is this going to be your God sworn hunt version two? <laughs> yeah. Be the, once, once there's a, another grand clash, be the only one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I agree. I've definitely seen a decent amount of chatter that like, yeah, they're not that good and like they don't hold up or whatever. And I guess I'd say it's, it's pretty early to make that. Sure. Um, yeah. That distinction. I mean, is are, are there mechanics potentially not as strong as some of the warbands we've seen? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I like. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that no, their mechanics are spectacular. Like desecration mm-hmm. is probably a little too easy to reverse mm-hmm. um, for that to be like your sole thing. But it feels like a nice like extra. It feels mm-hmm. like you're you're playing Magor's fiends and you've got that little extra thing to just stick it to people who want objectives. Sure. Yep. So I mean, I don't I don't personally think there's anything wrong with Magor's fiends, so I don't think there's anything wrong with these guys. Yeah. Uh and two blocks no joke. Like if if you uh inspire two of your fighters go up to two block that's that's pretty tanky on the on the counter punch so if you can find a way to get there yeah Yeah. and i guess we didn't mention it but they do have a ploy that allows you to uh inspire a fighter um so so if you really need somebody to go up and become sort of your mini molog or whatever (laughs) (laughs) you can do that um so so i don't think like you're not you're not going to be completely locked out if you can't get the three desecration tokens out. Mm, right. Uh, but yeah, so in, in summary, a lot of cool things in there. Uh, and I would, I would look forward to seeing this very creative community find uh, ways to make them sing. Definitely. People who are more creative than I. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Because you're... You're busy dreaming of everything that could be with the uh, uh, with the Seraphon. So. Yeah, I honestly I was very scared when I first saw these guys come out because I think Seraphon are going to need to hold objectives, and I was like, oh my god, they released like <laughs> the perfect hard counter for Seraphon right before they come out. It's the worst, and then turns out no, it's it's really not the case. So, Fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, quick reverse note you brought up eye of the gods i was looking at a close-up of the art if you look in the background there are four shadows behind uh kagra and yeah. it is each of the four greater demons you can kind of see the silhouettes of them Ooh, so that's, that's kind of a cool little art touch 
Left yeah. to right, you got a great unclean one, a bloodthirster, a keeper, and a lord of change all kind of cheering her on. So. Kagra, the new Archeon. <laughs> Watch out, bud. She's coming for you. <laughs> yeah. You got to figure out who gives what. The plus one dice, plus one damage cleaver, and a snare. Which one's coming from which? So. Yeah. Anyhow, if you have thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If uh, if you've got thoughts on that, you can let us know. Um, you can always get in touch with us at WTHCast on Twitter or whatthehexcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to get more of our content or any of the other Mortal Realms content, you can find all of that at themortalrealms.com. And yeah, if you're interested... Doc, go ahead, sir. <laughs> we, do, we do have some uh, shirts and sweatshirts that are available if you're interested, um, and that's for all of the different shows on the Mortal Realms. Yeah. Phil, Phil got mine right before uh, lockdown, and we have not... <laughs> Oh, not been, so he's just keeping it safe for me hermetically yeah. sealed <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i know those uh those dogs of war cry guys just finished up their uh most recent season yeah uh, and yep i've been seeing great we have people flooding into our discord uh talking them up so they uh, i haven't listened to their last couple episodes but I, they put on a great show so yeah um, i mean if, if you if you want war cry content they're they're cranking it out and i honestly haven't seen a whole lot of other war cry content so uh, if you're interested there that's the place and if you're not why not yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh i think we don't know what we're coming back at you with right yeah there's a lot of different avenues we could take here yeah uh we remain on that uh unpredictable schedule for now uh just kind of working around our own personal pandemic limitations on what we can, but uh, rest assured, we're going to be back at you as soon as we can with something worth listening to. We hope you think. <laughs> uh, recommended listening for this episode is uh, Call Broken Arrow by At The Drive-In. It's from their Inter Alia album. Uh, I think that does. You got any last thoughts there, Phil? No, no, no want- last thoughts. This was a fun one to talk about. Sure. And for what the heck, this has been Phil. And I've been Davey. you want to close this out oh yeah all right and uh man how do you usually start that i guess usually it's just i'd make sure it's as awkward as possible (laughs) start and stop as possible (laughs) my goodness embarrassing myself tonight